Can you smell what the holy shoot is cooking? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Holy Shoot Podcast, a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling. I am your host, Broderick, and joining us on today's show is... Hi, it's your preferred host when Brod's not here. It's Jason. And I haven't hosted yet, but I'm still the best. It's it's me, Sam, without a really long intro this week. Sorry, everyone. Anyway, guys, uh, how are you doing? If I was doing any better, it would be illegal in all 52 states. Whoa, I'm extremely hyped this week because this weekend there is, if you're a European, possibly one of the biggest television events of our television calendar Possibly more exciting than most episodes of Raw. It's it's the Eurovision Song Contest this weekend. It's always shit, and that what's that's what makes it great. Oh, uh, now I want to go to a Eurovision party. I've Dude, completely forgot about it. There's a few. There's there's various parties around London. You'll be all right. It, yeah. It's always always trash music without fail, but well, what, it's like beautiful trash. What are you guys' Eurovision plans? So I, I normally I, I normally go and watch it with some friends and we have like a little party, but I'm actually out doing something sophisticated instead. So rather than watching trash at Eurovision, I will be at the Royal Albert Hall listening to classical music from the Final Fantasy games. Boring, Sam. I mean that sounds cool, but like it's, it's Eurovision. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to my friend's house. We have like an annual Eurovision tradition. We made up a drinking game that we always play. Uh, which involves shouting about when people have a cleavage on display and, and good fun things like that. Always end up hammered by about 9pm, so it's good going. Oh, man. Uh, I'll be alone. Oh. Same as normal. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, well. But anyway. Than that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyone, anyone listening to the podcast wants to watch Eurovision, it sounds like Brod's, Brod's got a hankering for, for joining a little party so if you'd like to have a genuine podcast celebrity at your uh at, at your your eurovision event then obviously get in touch with us on twitter at holy shoot pod or at holy shoot podcast i should really know our twitter handle but i don't at holy shoot pod I, okay i do follow i just don't read obviously yeah um, quite, quite clearly that's why you brought we brought you on board to uh, dumb yeah. down the podcast even oh, more of course uh yeah That's what uh, I'm here for. <laughs> wow i bet we get zero offers oh i get zero <laughs> offers i will strip for food days gentlemen um <laughs> uh so yeah i went to smackdown last night which was okay if you haven't watched the tv show it wasn't anything special but it had some fun moments but jason you went to Raw on Monday, and you had a whale of a time. I did. I I was like watching tickets for a few days, just trying to like get a deal, and ended up getting lucky. But about an hour and a half before the show, some really good ones came up on Twickets. Um, I got them. They were just like meant to be round by the ramp in like row T, but like the opposite end of the ramp, like furthest distance from like the ramp or entrance way that there was. But when I got there with producer Chris, like producer Chris is still alive. He was with me last night. Um, when He's we come were... alive from the limo explosion, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he came. We got there and they, we went to. The, we we got out on our way in and they sort of scanned our tickets and told us we had to go over to this counter. And then they got out some other tickets and gave us those instead. 
and we ended up in seats one and two right by the aisle. So but I've got, got upgraded. I think we got upgraded. I'm not sure what happened. It was like we got upgraded or they had spare seats. It was a bit confusing. But ultimately, we ended up in the two seats right by the aisle, right near like the entrance area. And, you know, when it's in the UK, they don't have the raised ramp. It's just like the normal walkway they come in through. So we I've got to go back and watch Raw and see how much I'm on TV because me and Chris were very animated in getting into it and got to touch AJ's sweaty arm when he left after after one of his segments. Um, the Revival, one of them gave me a look like I was a crazy man because I was probably a bit too well dressed for normal wrestling after being at work in my like shirt and cardigan sweater that I was wearing, yeah, like a right. cardigan vest. He looked at me, he was either in love with me or confused that I was there. <laughs> Wh- was which cool. one was it though? Which Is it Dash or is it Dawson? Dawson. Dawson's the one with the moustache, right? Or the, like, yeah, the beard, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave me, he gave me, he gave me a weird eyeball. It was very funny. But yeah, yeah. overall... I've never yeah. sat right by the entrance away before, so it was more fun for me, the actual entrances and exits, than the actual wrestling. You're, prob- wrestling. you're probably so animated, you look like you're on Usi Hot or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, was, it was great. I mean, it was a really good Raw episode overall. We had two really good dark matches. Yeah. Yeah, and we felt like we were quite special compared to all the other I, I, pay, I paid £50 to mostly watch the screen. <laughs> right. What were the uh, what were the dark matches? Because that's normally like a little preview of potential feuds. Well, no, that's the thing. Normally, um, dark matches like you know sometimes they just throw a bunch of guys together in a tag match, right? And instead, yeah. we we got first of all AJ came out and had a match with Drew McIntyre, and okay. after that, Seth defended the world title against Baron Corbin. Oh, I bet oh. that match was just they were, riveting. They were really fun, like, you know, for dark matches. You know they're not going to go all out, but they were really cool to see. And, like, again, the, the crowd yeah. stayed for it. Most of the crowd stayed. So it was good. Whereas Broad had to sit through 205 live to get to his dark match. I'm sure it was very entertaining. Broad's crashed. Uh, that's how good 205 live was. Ah, uh, Broad. Broad and his technical issues. Maybe he's just got so upset. That Raw was so good for me. (laughs) He's just got his rage quit the podcast. Yeah. No, but it it was really good. I mean, it's weird. I've been to the O2 a couple of times now for Raw and SmackDown in recent years. And it's noticeable that they used to sell these events out quickly. And now they are not selling out. And they're tarping off some of the top sections behind the hard cam. So there's probably Mm. a story there. And that ties into the general theme of attendance being down in the US as well for their general shows. So... Yeah, I'm not that, especially in this country, I'm not that surprised because we've obviously got NXT UK, which is full of all of the top indie stars from the UK. Plus, there's so many other promotions to see. It's only like, wrestling fan. I guess, but that's for us. But you think the general fans there aren't indie fans, most of them. They're taking, it's people taking their kids along. It's a lot of that going on. And they're only here really a couple of times a year for Raw and SmackDown. And then they normally come back in the summer for house shows. Oh, yeah, true. There is a bit of that. Uh, right, I'm well, I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity to like you know to take over hosting the show again because we've lost Brod. <laughs> it's like this is all my plan. So um, anyway, coming up on today's show, we'll, we'll let Brod come back in a minute, but I'll get to do this link. So coming up on today's show, we will be discussing the upcoming WWE Money in the Bank pay per view. Uh, we'll be giving our predictions as well as looking at what we would potentially do differently. Um, after this, we'll also be doing a section where we do some fantasy booking. We'll each be fantasy booking the NXT Money in the Bank, but we think could have happened. And then we'll also be doing an indie-based Money in the Bank match each as well and discussing our options. Jason, he's so, back. Jason, Jason, he's quickly, back. Quickly, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Finish the link first. Quick. After this short break, we will give you our thoughts on the upcoming news hitting AEW. 
difficulties aside um i am back and jason hasn't wrestled control off of me just yet uh, i'll put that on the line at our money in the bank meetup on monday night as well as my uh raw women's title Whoa, weird big story match announced yeah yeah me versus producer chris check that out uh joking <laughs> aside anyway moving on to the big news as jason said in a joint statement between all elite wrestling and warner media it has been announced aew will be doing tv from the fall and it will be a broadcast on tnt the former network of wcw uh who wants to take the lead on this uh my question is what are your thoughts on today's announcement should i go first because mainly yeah. Um, what was interesting for me was like the little reference to WCW Nitro they did in this announcement. So if you look at the Twitter account picture, it's the AEW logo in front of the old, like, you know, the orange and the flames, which is very much the old Nitro reference. That was clearly deliberate when they made reference to the fact that they were back in the wrestling game. So yeah. for an old school fan like me, that was quite cool to see. Um, I think it's pretty big news. They weren't going to get on network TV. If you look at the cable options, there's, I think the U- USA is normally a little bit bigger in terms of ratings overall overall than TNT, but TNT is a major network. I mean, TNT does average 3.2 million viewers around prime time, so yeah. on that basis alone, it could potentially do bigger numbers than Monday Night Raw. It's so definitely going to be competitive. It's so I'm pretty, it. oh, oh, sorry. So I'm pretty <laughs> ignorant of how American TV networks work because uh, I've only ever watched British TV networks, and I don't doubt I'm alone... So what's the difference between cable and network television? Is network television like our terrestrial? Yeah, network yeah. is basically ITV in terms of like okay. all the channels are like ITV or they will get adverts. BBC, and then, yeah. ITV, Channel 4, that's yeah. the equivalent. Like Freeview. Like, yeah, so Fox is actually a network uh, outlet. So Smackdown yeah. could be doing bigger numbers than Raw. Okay. It's going to be a weird year. That's my thoughts. Like... I think the one thing that stood out to me in the statement is the fact that it's going to be a league, proving that the Khan sta- uh, Tony Khan's statement and what everybody's saying, wins and losses will matter in all elite wrestling. And there's going to be a lot of um, statistical stuff for a change. Are they doing a league? That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So they might be doing seasons. I, no, nothing's been said yet. I like the fact in the press release, they didn't call it a TV show. They call it, they'll air weekly matches. So it's to really give it that sports broadcast feel. Mm. And that will really compete with what Fox wants for SmackDown. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I mean, it'd be interesting. I I know in the past we've seen shows, I remember again, back in the 90s, WCW did it. And then TNA, I think it was TNA at the time, not in fact, they did it where they had the top 10 rankings and they were doing this kind of stuff. So it sounds great, and it depends if they keep of it, right? They could easily not do that after a few weeks. It's, yeah. it's all about I mean, commi- committing to that idea. I like If it's like a kind of American G1 climax, I definitely like the sound of that, because I think the, the league format the G1 uses leads to a lot of really exciting matches that you might not normally see with like conventional wrestling booking, so that's quite exciting. And I'd yeah. imagine it'll be, there'll be league matches and then non-league matches, I imagine, as well. So they can do like other things around it. But they'll give them a focal point for the show, which would be quite cool. 
And then, of course, it, we, I don't know if we talked about it previously last week or the week before on the pod, but um, it's also going to be on ITV4. We don't know about the weekly show, but Double or Nothing is going to be on ITV4, the pre-show. No, the no, pre-show, yeah, pre-show. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the main shows on the box, their box yes, office. Yes, on channel. ITV box office. But I think that means there's a pretty strong chance it's going to be on the the weekly show. Would probably be on an ITV channel as well because they've been up yeah. this thing for a while. I'm assuming, so. I'm yeah. assuming it'll be on ITV Four because that's yeah. a more bloke, you know, more male channel. Yeah, and the fact that they've set up an ITV wrestling Twitter account says pretty much all you need to know about potential future plans. I mean, that's big. It's a free view channel. Everyone can get it really easily. So yeah, yeah. exciting. Exciting indeed. But you know what's more exciting? Coming up this Sunday night, WWE Money in the Bank. Well, arguably. So after this short break, uh, myself, Jason and Sam will not only be predicting, but we'll be rebooking certain matches at WWE Money in the Bank. Hey you, if you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoe Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoe Pod. Do it! Do it now! Whilst many wrestling fans would probably say that WWE is at an all-time low, creatively speaking, and whilst I agree with that sentiment, I don't know about you gentlemen, but I have a feeling that this uh, upcoming show, Money in the Bank, could potentially be a really good show. So, before we explain the segment to our listeners, what are your feelings towards uh, this year's Money in the Bank pay-per-view? I think... It's, you oh, go, sorry. Sam. Okay, hey, there cool. you go. Woohoo! Uh, I get to go first! Uh, um, I think it's like the Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank. There's always, now, at least two exciting matches. They might not be good, but there'll definitely be some cool spots in them, and they'll be fun to watch, even if they're not, like, advancing stories or whatever. So, it's like... It's the fourth or the fifth pay-per-view for me behind the big four. And actually, is normally more exciting than whatever the other two, uh, SummerSlam and Survivor Series are. Yeah, I, I also agree that you're guaranteed two exciting matches, and that's a men's money in the bank match and the universal title. Uh, Ooh! <laughs> what are my thoughts about the women's money in the bank ladder match this year later? Jason? Yeah, I think... Mean- I'd agree. Half of it's going to be really good. I mean, half of it I look at and go, I did, that's the kind of match I'd expect to see on, say, an episode of Raw in the main event rather than on a pay-per-view. But the Money in the Bank match is, Becky, there's some good stuff on here. I think it's going to be an overall really fun show. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not been well booked. I, I think the book has been crap since WrestleMania, and even the road to WrestleMania wasn't good this year. But... Looking at the card, you just go, well, actually, it has the potential to be really good. And I will say this about WWE's pay-per-views this year. Generally, they've been pretty good on the whole, I would say, yeah. the main shows. Like, Fastlane was surprising. Royal Rumble had some really good matches. WrestleMania was booked really well. Yeah, can't... I, uh, you know, despite my negative feelings towards the main roster product, I can't help be a little bit optimistic heading to this pay-per-view. It kind of feels like they've decided to stop doing long-term storyline booking and just go for, like, big marquee matches, which I'm not that fussed about because, like you say, they're normally pretty good. Yep, yep. I, I mean, I'd rather have storylines, but, you know, uh, they're overrated and I can watch that on NXT. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> not a real opinion. So, 
um, to move this along. If you didn't hear what we did at WrestleMania, Jason asked both myself and Chen, who's sadly not here tonight, to deliver what we would do differently, if anything, to the show's card. So I thought it'd be good to combine both the rebooking element with the predictions. There are 11 matches in total, so... We are doing nine matches, three matches each for us to rebook. Uh, it is worth mentioning that due to time constraints and last minute additions, we haven't rebooked Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the Usos, which is on the pre-show, and the Cruiserweight Championship match between Tony Nese and Aria Davari. So, um, nine matches that we're rebooking, three each between us, and we'll also give all of our predictions as well. And I've also chosen, gentlemen, a an order which is quite deliberate, as you'll soon find out. So, as I mentioned, due to time constraints, couldn't rebook Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus Usos, and Tony Nese versus uh, Rhea Davari. So, just quickly around the room, Sam, who do you have for those matches? Uh, for Tony Nese versus Aria Davari... I, who watches 205 Live? I don't know. Tony. I did. Why last not? night. Yeah, because yep. you had to. Um, and then, sorry, what was the other match? I should probably bring the card up while that, we're talking about it, but I Daniel, haven't. Daniel Bryan and Ryan versus the Usos. Uh, prob oh, that's a tough one. I hadn't even thought about that. I don't know. Let's it's go with Daniel a, Bryan and Rowan. Why not? It's not a tough one. It's Daniel Bryan and Rowan by a fucking mile. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Jason, who's, who's going to leave Cruiserweight champion? Tony Nice can hold it and people will care less and less until we all just fall asleep during Cruiserweight matches, which is sad. It's a sad state for the Cruiserweight. I, I will say this about 205 last night. Tony Nice versus Legaro is worth a watch. But the Fatal 4-Way was... was even better. That between Gentleman Jack Gallagher, uh, Mark Andrews, James Drake and Humberto Carrillo. So check out 205 this week. Two fun matches and has a Mary Poppins chant. So is is Ligero <laughs> full time on two hundred five then, or did they no, just have it, some it, of the NXT UK guys on? It, without getting too sidetracked, it was an international edition, so it's two hundred five versus NXT UK. Ah, oh, okay, fair enough. So yeah, it, it's kind of a cop out they do uh, whenever they come over here, but you know, it, it was fun. It was fun. So yeah, there you go and. My predictions, yeah, I agree with both of you guys. Tony Neese, Lee's Cruiserweight Champion, and Daniel Bryan Rowan uh, beat the Usos. So, moving on, uh, first match we're going to discuss is Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio for the United States title. I'm rebooking this one. And all I have to say, really, is apart from I would pay more attention to this storyline on Raw, it does feel a bit rinse and repeat from. Samoa Joe's feud with AJ Styles on SmackDown last year and the Ray Mysterio Eddie Guerrero feud in 2005 where they fought over the custody of Dominic. So whilst it's a bit rinse and repeat, I did actually like both storylines. So Samoa Joe's very good at the family stuff for some reason. He's very good at being angry and psychological with that. So I would actually have more attention on this feud on Raw and it's disappointing they haven't put as much attention on it. Um... So, yeah, I wouldn't really change too much, just put more attention on it. And I will also say Samoa Joe retains. What What do you guys think? Yeah, I see Samoa Joe retaining on this one. Yeah, I'm, hoping get, I'm hoping he gets a decent long reign rather than messing it around. Agreed. It'd be a, probably a more exciting and longer match than the one at WrestleMania because obviously Ray was injured then. Uh, and, yeah, should be a good match, but Joe's, Joe's definitely keeping it. Yeah, yeah. No, no thoughts on rebooking it, guys? Just briefly? 
I don't know how I'd rebook or change this one apart from like Dominic on a pole custody battle. <laughs> I guess we'll get that at SummerSlam. Oh, well, I mean, so, if you there's a guy on Twitter, a guy on, on Twitter traced who has custody of Dominic based on singles matches through from the last custody <laughs> of Dominic. <laughs> and actually, technically, it's Roman Reigns has custody of Dominic currently. So actually, Elias at Money in the Bank could take custody of Dominic. So that's oh. quite big. Uh, oh, so, so we'll, have, we'll have to tweet that out because that's brilliant. That whole doc, yeah. it's a really well thought out. It's really good, but, yeah. But funny enough, Sam, speaking of Roman Reigns versus Elias, you have to rebook this feud, apparently. Yeah, I'd make it for custody of Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, I think it, I mean, the feud, it's fine. It's fine. It's pff, Roman Reigns punch Vince McMahon. That was cool. Uh, but to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't have met it. Uh, the other person in this feud don't matter, does it? It could be anyone. Uh, any any vaguely healy person and actually I probably would have put someone in this match who would definitely get booed like a Baron Corbin or someone like that if they want to push Roman as a face because Elias's antics kind of still get him over as a face a little bit people like the funny songs and stuff like that he still gets cheers and so yeah the crowd might turn on him but obviously Roman are gonna, gonna Roman's gonna win this one what about different what about you Jason yeah, Roman has to win this one, right? Unless they want to make a point of not having him win because Elias doesn't actually get many big pay-per-view matches. He normally has to do like a song and dance routine. So I could see they could put a little twist on this and give, give Elias a bit of a push by having him cheat, obviously, but somehow getting the win. I think this feud's going to go on a tiny bit longer, so I've actually gone for Elias. Oh, wow. So the uh, yeah. So Elias wins Dominic. Um Feuding with Roman Reigns and Elias currently is also Miz and Shane McMahon on either side of that feud. And Jason, funny enough, leaning into this one, you do you want to rebook Miz versus Shane McMahon? I'm not going to change it too much. I mean, I, I like this match. I'm keeping it, but and I like the way they've changed it into a cage, like under a cage match after you know they had the Fool's Count Anywhere brawl at Mania. It, Shane Shane keeps running away from Miz. Now you put them in a cage and he can't escape. Yeah. If if Miz is not perched on top of the top turnbuckle and Shane doesn't dive off the cage and do a coast to coast, it's it's one star as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So yeah, no my doubt. little change on the booking of this, and it's probably too early, but because of the way I look at it, cage matches, people can escape over the top and that means people can get in. And I can just see like Bobby Lashley getting involved. He's got nothing else going on. I can just at the moment see them costing Miz the match somehow with Bobby Lashley. But I think it'd be more interesting. I'd counter it with a Hell in a Cell match instead. Then there's a roof on it. And of course, that means no one gets in or out of a Hell in a Cell, right? That's never uh, Brock, Brock Lesnar did. Oh, Last one, year. One, one time. One time Kane did. Like it's got to be Kane. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they've gone onto the fucking roof and everything, Jason. Come on, like three times maybe, but people have escaped from a Hell in a Cell match. So it wasn't several times, game, right? four times maybe, but someone has escaped a Hell in a Cell match. So <laughs> I'm putting it Hell in a Cell. So this means that no one can interfere, and the Miz could in theory win, but I think that's not going to happen. I reckon Bobby Lashley's interfering in the cage match, and mm. they're going to sort of evolve this feud into Miz and Bobby. Yeah, see, I would make this for custody of Miz Dad, but <laughs> apart from that, uh, as, as a little aside, did you yeah. know you know that bit where George got in the ring during their match at WrestleMania? Yeah, you know, that was all completely improvised. It wasn't in the script yep. at all. Shane was just really? like, "Come on, yep. mate, get in the ring," and that's why George looks a bit like, "What am I supposed to be doing now?" Because <laughs> he he doesn't he doesn't know. Uh, he actually got one of his ribs broken by Shane. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, I can't make this up. 
It's so bad. Oh. He's very safe in the ring, Shane McMahon. His punches I... look really realistic. Yeah, I gotta be honest though. I loved that match at Mania. Yeah, I was uh, laughing my fucking ass off when I was at New York. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> definitely excited for this one. And I yeah. think you are right, Jason. I think there's going to be shenanigans and Shane's going to heal it up for the victory. Yeah, I agree. Shane McMahon's going to win this match. So, moving on is Universal Championship match between AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. And Sam, you have been tasked to... Yes, re- to rebook this. Please so, Actually, I, I'm 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 not going to rebook it at all. I think this is really good. It's WWE, what WWE doing a really simple story. It's just two of the best wrestlers in the world going at it for the biggest belt in the in the universe. Um, and and so yeah, I mean their promos and the build has been a bit flat. But sometimes I don't think you need like a big complicated storyline. You just have to have I'm really good at wrestling. You're really good at wrestling. So let's see who the best is at wrestling. Uh, and I think Rollins is probably going to retain. AJ doesn't really need the belt. Rollins should probably hold it for a bit longer. Mm. What about you, Jason? Jason, you're God. on. Oh, I'm back on now, so I was having mic issues. <laughs> We're having a bad tech day. You know what this match is missing? The common factor that both of these two have from like, the last year or so. Shinsuke Nakamura needs to be added to make it an incredibly bland like three-star match and take all the magic out. That's yeah. what they should be doing. But... Punch them both in the dick and win. Yeah, yeah, something. And, this, and again, everyone just gets really deflated. Um, I think you're right. It's going to be a really good wrestling match. Hopefully, AJ stepped up a bit. I feel like AJ's been. I'm not saying he's slow, but he's definitely like picking his spots a bit more now and being sensible when he goes all out. He should go all out on this one with Seth, and it could be an amazing match. I think Seth wins. I think Seth wins. I really wish they actually had some element of a story. I think the promos have been boring. Uh, worst contract signing ever. Do you think maybe there's more to it, like AJ going heel at some point? Is that well, like... I thought I thought AJ putting Seth Rollins through a table was starting a heel turn, like because AJ started the fight between him and Seth. But no, they've done nothing. I'm not sure what they're booking. I don't think they know what they're booking in general at the moment. Um, yeah, I think it's just absolutely pants. Um, which is a shame because I think this match will be absolutely cracking. I think both guys are really good wrestlers. My heart says AJ Styles because I'm really not that invested in Seth Rollins, but my head says Seth Rollins. So there you go. And there we go. So, Brod, you're, you're up next. Kevin Owens versus... Uh, I do the links. I thought because you're doing this bit, I might just jump in and do the do the link here. No, no, you bad rookie, you bad rookie. <laughs> Listen, if Jason can pull it off, I can pull it off as well. Jason is I, a veteran. I thought, look, stop having. A Jason is a veteran. <laughs> I've grilled young audience. I'll have you know, I broadcast on a City of Heroes focused radio station to over a thousand people a week when I was about twenty, <laughs> which was thirteen years ago. Uh, so wow. there's an obscure old video game reference. If anyone got that, tweet at me, at Pirate Vision. Anyway. Arr. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, moving on from my link. Uh, <laughs> moving on from the Universal Championship uh, to the WWE Championship, and I'm rebooking this one, as Sam rudely mentioned. <laughs> Kevin Owens is charging Kofi Kingston for the title. Um, so I think this has probably even been the best storyline in terms of one-on-one matches heading into 
this pay-per-view. It hasn't been amazing by any stretch of the imagination. I like the heel turn that they did. I think the only thing I would do differently in terms of the build-up is I would have the heel turn a little later down the line. Um, that's just out of like taste because, you know, it was only two weeks and they made the switch. I understood why they made the switch because SmackDown was in desperate need of heels that weren't mid-carders. Kevin Owens is more of a main event guy than the rest of the SmackDown uh, locker room apart from Roman Reigns. So they needed someone big as a heel that wasn't Daniel Bryan. He fulfilled that uh, role. Well, yeah, I wouldn't change a damn thing about this match. I think it's going to be a cracking match. I wouldn't even have a no DQ stipulation, which I was tempted to do. And I think I really want Kevin Owens to win because I love Kevin Owens, but I think Kofi Kingston retains here. It's too early to take the belt off him. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah, they did it too soon, which is a shame, especially when they had the wild card and they could have actually sorted something out if they'd wanted to, but they didn't bother. So but I agree, Kofi has to end up retaining this. Um, I, I assume it's a clean victory, but I'd like to see Kevin Owens, I don't know, I don't know how they can extend it. Is there some sort of DQ finish or something cheap like that? But it's hard to see anything else they could do here. Yeah, it's hard to do that kind of DQ champion's advantage type finish with Kofi being a face. Because yeah. that's like the heeliest of heel moves to be like, ah, you're going to win, so I'm taking my title away. But yeah, I agree with both of you. This is probably going to be my match of the night. Love both mm. of these good good wrestling boys. So it should be a cracking match, even though maybe the build's been a bit flat. But that's just WWE, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And my last match to rebook is the men's Money in the Bank ladder match for a world championship opportunity. Uh, this match features Sami Zayn, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin from Raw, and from SmackDown Alley, Finn Balor, Andrade, and Randy Orton. I, uh, as, as you're aware, on Monday Night Raw, I, Braun Strowman was removed from the match and replaced by Sami Zayn because Sami won a fourth count anywhere match over Braun. And I really approve of this. I don't think Braun needs a briefcase. I don't think Braun I don't think Braun needs to be in this match. He was in the match last year. Huge focal point. If he's in the match again, it's another huge focal point, and I think it would take away from this match. I uh, would have also removed Baron Corbin and Randy Orton. Not because they are bad choices to be in this match, but I just feel that Baron uh, I, I I think <laughs> Randy Orton can do an RKO party and be really happy, and Baron Corbin gets a lot of criticism when he's not that bad of a wrestler um i just feel that with baron corbin though he's turning away viewers and i'd take him down the card and knock or notch or two and rebuild him and also i think both men have won won it before and i kind of like to see like eight fresh faces so i would replace these guys with cesaro and alistair black Cesaro would be replacing Baron Corbin because Raw and Alistair Black would replace Randy Orton because of SmackDown. And then I think this match would have even more crazy spots and I think it'd be more enjoyable for all those to watch. And it gives an opportunity to build someone new as a star, if you can call Baron Corbin a star as well. So with all that being said, I think this Money in the Bank match has the potential to be one of the great multi-man ladder matches if all eight men are utilised correctly. Uh, I would have Drew McIntyre go over, and I think he's actually going to go over because Raw needs a better top heel than Baron Corbin at the moment. Yeah, can't can't agree more there. I think this match is going to be a stormer. It's a money in the bank match with Ricochet in it. It's going to be great. He's going to do something ridiculous off a big ladder. Everyone in this match is exciting except 
maybe Baron Corbin, but he at least has a vague reason for being there. Randy Orton, I just, I will never care about anything he does. His gimmick is, oh, I can do my finisher, and you didn't think I was going to do my finisher. Well, whoop-de-doo. I like to, <laughs> before the Saudi Arabia show last year, where he had that gimmick of not doing his finisher and building it up, building it up and not actually doing it and winning it by other means. I thought that was really good. Like, it made great viewing. So, I'm not the biggest Randy Orton fan, but I think when he's interested in doing something, he can do, tell a story really, really well. So I've got a re- I'm really scared about something I think is going to happen in this match. So there's some great guys in this match. I can just see Braun getting involved, and that's taken out Sammy, Drew, and Baron from this match. There's going to be something going on where he destroys those three guys. And that means that Randy Orton wins the damn match. Oh, please, no. And because then, you know, he can be using that over Kofi for a few months and they can get into a good feud with Kofi, give them both something to do. Kofi v. Randy Orton at SummerSlam or something. That's what I'm concerned is going to happen. Well, than someone cool winning it. Uh, the Extreme Rules card has been announced by the arena and apparently yeah, it's going to be. bollocks. Stuff. Whatever you're saying, it's going to be complete bollocks. Kofi versus Orton. Yeah, I just don't believe oh. any. None of those advanced match schedules ever work out. I hope it's not. Maybe. I, I, sometimes they do. So, you know, uh, then again, Vince McMahon changes his mind five minutes before Raw. So you're probably right, Jason. So moving on from one Money in the Bank ladder match to another. Uh, yeah, did, you've all, pre- what have you predicted? You predicted Randy Orton, Jason. Sadly, uh, yes. Oh, me. Um, oh, yeah. I suppose I should really do a prediction for the men's Money in the Bank. I have actually got no idea. You're probably right. It's going to be Drew McIntyre because, yeah, Raw needs a big heel um, and none of the other men really need the win or have any use for it particularly. So, yeah. yeah. So, moving on from one Money in the Bank ladder match to another Money in the Bank ladder match. Sam, you'll be predicting the women's Money in the Bank ladder match for a women's title match down the line. This match features Natalia, Dana Brooke, Naomi and Alexa Bliss or maybe Nikki Cross, from Raw and from SmackDown, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, and the first ever winner of Money in the Bank, and the second ever winner of Money in the Bank, Carmella. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, this is a match that's happening. Uh, I think <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, I think six of the eight women in this match are capable of doing good, exciting things, and two of them... Eh. So which, which two aren't? So I, I, and I, I, I say this with great pain in my heart because I've stuck up for, for Natalia for quite a long time and I think she is quite a capable singles wrestler, but I wouldn't put her in this match. She's just like a weird kind of gatekeeper. Everyone talks about how great she is at wrestling, but she never really does that much in the ring. Actually, the reason why I think she's quite good is from shit I saw on Total Divas of all things. So, like, videos of her training chain wrestling in the dungeon and stuff. It's like, oh, well, she can actually do all this stuff, so why don't she do it in the ring? Nobody knows. So I would replace Natalia with Nikki Cross, because Nikki Cross is fucking excellent. Uh, And as we saw this week, equals ratings. And I would also get rid of Dana Brooke, because she's had loads of chances to prove herself in the ring, and she hasn't. And then, are we assuming political situations? Are we ignoring them or not, would be my question. If we're ignoring political situations, obviously I'd put Sasha Banks in in place of Dana Brooke, but she... But no, we're going to factor in political situations, yeah, I think. So... Let's be realistic. So fair. In that case, I'd probably put someone like Sarah Logan in. I mm. think... I know she's not very well... Not Ruby not... Riot. 
Um, I don't know. I I think they're both equally all right. Any of the Riot Squad really are are kind of just yeah. getting to the point where they're going to get really good, and they are all better than Dana Brooke at wrestling. I think I just quite like Sarah Logan when she was going to win the uh, Women's Battle Royale at WrestleMania. I was popping pretty hard for it. I was like, oh, I didn't expect this, but this is this is pretty cool. Even though obviously it don't mean anything because it's the armbar, but hey ho. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I would rebook it. I mean, there's no storylines going into it, is there? People just announce who's going to be in the ladder match, um, and then for my prediction for the winner, uh, I don't know. Maybe Bailey could maybe be Bailey. a good a good pick. Yeah, because it depends. I think a lot of the winner is going to depend on the results of Becky Lynch's matches. I think. If she drops one of the belts to a heel, then I could see it being Bailey. If she retains, it's going to be one of the heels in this match. Maybe like a Mandy Rose could do it. So, yeah, hmm, fair enough. So you're saying Bailey then? Yeah, I think yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I, time. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this match. I think Natalia is very bland. I think Dana Brooke, and this is not her fault. I think she's called up way too early and has suffered ever since. I think Alexa Bliss is a massive concern because of concussion issues. I don't think she's wrestled properly in months. Why is she in this match? She wasn't good in last year's match, FYI. Um, Mandy Rose, why put her in instead of Sonya Deville? Carmella, not sure about. I think she's proven herself in a few matches here and there, and I think she works better as a face because she's Since allowed to do... Year, she's gotten way better. Yeah, those two triple threat matches she's had with Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch shows her real potential, and I think... I like her work ethic a lot, so I'm kind of giving her a pass. It's kind of why I don't want to hate on Dana Brooke because she's a really... she She's really dedicated and getting to the place early, and I've heard amazing stories about her work ethic, and it's like kind of like Titus O'Neil, where just like I can't really hate a person with that much work ethic. Um, but yeah, I'm just not looking forward to this match at all. I think all your suggestions there, Sam, are an elevation on this match. And it's a grand shame that I feel this way because I think this is a mm. backwards step. I'm going to say that Mandy Rose will win Money in the Bank. See, Broad, you just said you didn't see why Mandy Rose is in this match instead of Sonya Deville. And I was okay, let me, give, let me give my thought before you chime in she's a favorite to win on sky bet or whatever betting site i saw but she's a favorite to win and yeah i just i think i would replace her that's what i'm saying i don't see the point of her but i, I and i would replace her but wwe doesn't feel that way that's the rebooking element of it i think they will put a briefcase on her i think she's an incredibly poor worker I, I don't want to say this because I think she's a nice person, judged by mm. all accounts. And I really hate saying, I, I genuinely, because I know I've got a reputation for being negative. I genuinely hate being negative on people. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know, I know it's quite funny, but I just don't enjoy it anymore. But I, two, three years down the line, maybe, but right now, no. And it's the fact that I just have this really bad feeling that Kevin Dunn, Vincent Mann's, Fetish for blondes. Big stick out like a sort of so, thumb here, and so, I, I, I would have predicted Bailey otherwise, but I'm, I've got a horrible feeling it'll be Mandy Rose. So, and that's all I've got to say. 
Yeah, so I've picking Mandy Rose to win this match. I think she's an underrated worker. She's actually had a couple of good matches and come along very fast, very quickly. But on top of that, she can play up the fact that she is all in gold. She wrestles in gold. That's tied into her gimmick. And she's got Sonya Deville as her muscle. And I can just see them two doing a lot more with the briefcase um, based on how I'm then looking at the Becky's matches. Yeah, it's a uh, shame uh, they. I want to see the Mandy Rose Sonya Deville feud. It's a shame they didn't build more on that. It was at WrestleMania they had that little moment of like I could have won the match, but you fucked it up for me, and all that stuff. That was that could have led to something. They've, cool. they've done. They've done that for months. Yeah, like, I've I paid no attention to that, and I think they're more. There's more value in them in the, as a tag team, even with a terrible fire and design name. Mm. Um, there's more value to them as a tag team, in my opinion, right now. It will help Mandy develop further. I, I agree with Jason in the sense that Mandy has improved, but not to the standard where she could be put into a one-on-one title feud. You saw that match with Asuka at Fastlane. It wasn't good. And that was with Asuka, who's probably... I thought, it was, I thought it was perfectly fine. Yeah, but perfectly fine is not good enough in 2019 when you have amazing workers, both in men's and women's wrestling. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, expecting Mandy per, to headline per, WrestleMania. Man, but, no, no, that's that's fine, but she's going to be headlining division as soon as she gets the title. Who's so just getting the title? Well, we're predicting Money in the Bank winner, yeah. so... You I don't she's getting the title. Mm. <laughs> uh, she's blonde. Time, she's, blonde. Yeah. she's going to win multiple championships. And she's American, so people won't get confused about her accent, which apparently is what Kevin Dunn thinks about Becky Lynch. In fairness, I don't know if he thinks that anymore, but he did uh, for a long time. Apparently, Road Dog disputed that when that first came out and just said, actually, people think very highly of Becky. That was back okay, in 2016. Enough. So, you know, I don't think Road Dog is as bad as people make him out to be, for the record. Um, so we've booked both those matches we've two of us have predicted Manny Rose Sam has predicted Bailey Jason that leads us to the last two matches which could tie into the money in the bank a women's money in the bank ladder match and that is Becky Lynch's title defense against Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's Championship and for the Smackdown Women's Championship Becky is defending against Charlotte Flair yet again Whoa. So I think this this ties into in general we've not made too many changes to this show when we've been given the chance I think it's because we're saying it's just kind of a sensibly booked show in its own way so when it comes to the women's matches I'm not changing them um, I'm starting with Becky versus Lacey Evans um, I see Becky countering the women's right into a disarmor and finishing that match up followed by a beat down from Lacey and Charlotte. And then later on, when Becky comes out for the main event, she can be selling those ribs or something. And it builds on what they did on Raw with the powerbomb. So, so I've got Becky winning the match and retaining her SmackDown title. No, so her Raw think, title. Sorry, Raw title. But what about the SmackDown women's title? So I'll get into that in a minute. So mm. main event is later on in the show. That's where Becky and Charlotte had their match. You know, I do. I would have Becky win this after taking a bit of a hill, you know, taking a beat down, selling the ribs, and then she wins via the same crucifix pin that she used on Ronda. And she gets that victory, and she actually pins her clearly down for a free count. So, but Becky gets to retain, retains the belt against Charlotte as well, does the proper. You know, retains both belts, retains it with the move that she beat Ronda with, making that point again. Um, I would tease Mandy and Sonya coming out to potentially cash in, but I wouldn't do it. I'd have Becky escape, fight them off, or just then decide against it. 
that you at home can't see this, but in honour of Becky Lynch, Brod has gone and got two his two title belts, which are the Raw Brody Women's two belts. Title. Yeah, Brody two belts, the Raw Women's title and the Universal title. So not only is he a two belt champion, but he's also an intergender champion. Damn straight I am. I, I like to call myself the non-binary universal champion. <laughs> I don't really want to identify. I'm joking aside, and if you're non-binary, apologies. Um, if, if you are offended. Um, so, or yeah. Even if you're not, we apologise as well. Why yeah, I, I, I tend to apologise for my existence on a daily basis. It's just better that way, then you can't get anything wrong. <sighs> I, I frequently get a lot of things wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like these predictions. I'm surprised though, Jason. Let's go back to the match. Um, you think these two matches aren't going to be back-to-back? I don't see why they would be in any way. I don't know. They've done it before. So they, when Seth they, Rock... don't, they, they don't have a heel GM, any heel reason to do it. Shane I mean... McMahon's a heel. Vince McMahon's a heel. The only Triple H and Steph are faces, but two of them are heels. Whenever, well, I'm trying to make, like the only example you can refer to is like, against Seth when he had the matches against Sting and Cena. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, I've got a feeling it might be that sort of situation. I got a feeling it might main event or the men's money in the bank ladder match might main event these two these two matches. Um, and I, I believe Becky will retain both, and I don't think there's going to be a cash in. Yeah, I, I think I'm with Brod. Uh, I think Becky's going to retain both, and there's not going to be a cash in on on this show as well. Uh, I think it's money to keep both belts on her. So yeah. You agree with, when you say you agree with Broad, you you mean you both agree with me? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> just to be I, I, it's yeah for me. It just you've invested too much money in trying to. Becky well, two belts. Becky two belts. You know, there's a lot of merch there. Yeah. I'm not Nobody really, wants I'm to not see belts either. Uh, I don't Charlotte know. Charlotte doesn't need the win. Lacey Evans, who fucking cares? I, I want to see Bailey win the SmackDown Women's Title. So if she does win Money in the Bank, I'll be rooting for Bailey because yeah. she's 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 a wrestler I'm most invested on SmackDown at the moment for some weird reason. <laughs> I think she's got a new edge, and I quite like it. I, uh, I could see. I said Mandy winning the Women's t- uh, Money in the Bank. I could see them actually doing the belt, but not anytime soon. They'll wait a few months, and she could actually get the belt off Becky through shenanigans. <sighs> Oh god, you're making me want to die inside just now. They they need Becky on Raw more than they need her on SmackDown, basically. Yeah, yeah, and no, Nikki Cross equals ratings. We 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 discussed this earlier, um, but yeah. So that was an interesting segment, and it's surprising uh, how many like of our predictions are quite the same. And I wonder how many of those will actually come true. But uh, anyway, up next is our segment where we fantasy book our NXT and are independent Money in the Bank ladder matches. This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL or Watch Wrestling London get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE, Progress, Rev Pro, Eve and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at WatchWrestling.London or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the Meetup page. One of the recently discredited rumours surrounding the upcoming Money in the Bank pay-per-view was where seven men in NXT would compete for a, in a Money in the Bank ladder match to get a shot at the NXT title and the time of their choosing. Of course, this did not come into fruition. Uh, 
But it did make us wonder here at Holy Shoot what our dream NXT Money in the Bank ladder match would be. And also, following suit with our recent theme, what would our dream independent Money in the Bank ladder match be? So, to make things tough for you gentlemen, for NXT, I'm going to bar Johnny Gargano, Shayna Baszler and anybody currently injured. And for the independent scene, I will bar anyone from AEW as that is too big to be considered an independent. I will make exceptions for those who are kind of NXT UK kind of independent because there's several superstars in the UK scene that I'm pretty sure we all want to take advantage of in our fantasy bucket and not sexually. But, uh, (laughs) joking aside, uh, apart from that, we will all take turns to announce our lineups and then we'll break it down between us. So, gents, Shall we do our independent ladder matches first? Jason, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Um, I went for a theme, not just independent. I went for the UK independent money in the bank. Um, all independent guys are British. UKIP money in the bank ladder match. Hmm? UKIP, yeah, UKIP money in the <laughs> bank match, yeah. Um, and the winner gets, <laughs> in, my, in my fancy booking, the winner can choose whether they want to go for the heavyweight title in progress, Rev Pro, or take a one-night deal to go to NXT UK and fight for the championship there. So it's very much a choose your belt that you want to go for when you win this because you're independent, so you can wrestle whatever you like. Um, So my guys in this match, I'm going to start with Mr. Independent, David Starr, the Rev Pro current cruiserweight champ and number one contender for the progress title. Seemed like a Good start to this match, and I'm a big fan. Um, I've got Mr. Flippy himself, Will Ospreay. You know that's going to be good to have a ladder. We've seen him do ladder work. That's going to be good. Um, I've got Zack Sabre Jr. in there to be all amazing and running around, trying not to get hit by a ladder by doing technical wizardry. I'm going to put Paul Robson in there, because I think it's funny to have him and Osprey in a match together where they're not on the same team and there's a lot on the line. That could be quite interesting to split up um, a a tag team that's, you know, had some success together. Um, I'm going to put Marty Scroll in there. I know he's not known now for Ring of Honor in New Japan, but he still does stuff on the UK indie scene and turns up in Rev Pro. So that's my my five. And then I was debating who to put in for my fifth, sixth one. So I've instead done a bit of a storyline here. So I've got um, Shay Samuels, like a big Cockney lad, coming out on the entranceway talking about how he's going to be in the match. Session Moff Martina comes up behind him, spits beer in his face, throws him off the rampway. She enters the match as the sixth yeah. entrant. It's now an intergender match because, you know, hashtag fancies Martina. So Zack Sabre, David Starr, Will Ospreay, Paul Robson, Marty Scroll. And Session Moth Martina in a six-way Money in the Bank match. Very good. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I kind of regret not putting one of those guys in, but you'll find out in a minute who I didn't put in. But yeah, I, I quite like it. It's got a good theme. Session, Se- Session Moth is yeah. Who, who's going to win? Is it going to be? Is it going to be Martina? No, I don't think Martina can win it. As good as that would be, I mean. In my head, like I'm loving the idea of David Starr. In theory, he would probably go for the Revolu- Revolution like championship because he's already the cruiserweight belt and he'd want to level up. But imagine if they did a CM Punk type thing with him where he goes to NXT UK, wins the belt, and just leaves. That would be. <laughs> but if they did it the same way they did it with CM Punk, there could be a hell of a lot of buzz around that. 
Yeah, I don't think he would, though, because he is Mr. Independent. It's fantasy booking so I can get away with it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, fair enough. David Starr's your winner of that. Sam, what's yours? So, um, I decided to try not to use anyone connected with NXT UK, which made it really fucking hard. The N- Do you know the NXT UK roster is way bigger than the main NXT roster? Yeah. It's huge. Yep. I kept thinking, right, this guy. And then I'd go on the Wikipedia page, control F his name, and be like, oh, no, he's actually with NXT UK, so I'm not going to yeah, use him. I had that with Ilya Dragunov. I yeah. wanted him. Yeah, like, same. That was my guy. I was debated to do a UK women's ladder match, but then there was all the women, well, half of the ones I wanted to book were NXT UK, so it did limit your options. Yeah, exactly. So um, I've gone actually kind of similar. Uh, I booked, uh, I guess it's turned out to be a British independent battle royale. Just looking at my names now, even though I didn't intend it, um, with the caveat, I noticed the Money in the Bank matches for WWE are eight-man, so I booked an eight-man match, but actually the last two were basically just bolt-ons because I couldn't think of anyone else, and I thought, these two guys will do. They're cool, uh, and they're also not British. So, without further ado, uh, I went with David Starr first, same as Jason. He is the indie man. He's also really good at ladder matches, as he's proven time and again. Second, I'd have Paul Robinson. He's not a big lad, but he's very underrated, and he's actually very good at wrestling, and also incredibly scary. Don't heckle him at shows. Uh, then third, I'd have Connor Mills. He's a new up-and-coming flippy guy from Progress, previously part of the tag team Mills and Mayhew, although that's broken up now. He's definitely, I mean, I don't want to put Mayhew down, but he's probably the stronger of the two. He also did a really good showing as the super unicorn party at Kaiju Big Battle. Then I'd have Mark Haskins, solid guy, really intense, never stands still. And then last but not least, uh, Marty Skull and Will Ospreay as well. Uh, for my last two. Marty Skull's proven himself in ladder matches again, and Will Ospreay is Will Ospreay. Then the extra two I had bolted on the end were Kota Ibushi and Hiromu Takahashi, but actually if, if I'd leave it as a six-man. I don't think I'd have those guys in. Um, and then I guess I'd have a similar stipulation to, to Jason. It's an indie match. Who cares about what the results are? It's just a cool showcase, and you get mm. to cheer for a guy you like. So yeah, that'd be that'd be my... Who's winning, though? Who's winning? Um, I probably have... Hmm, I hadn't thought about that, to be honest. Uh, I probably have Haskins win it. Why not? He he, he kind of needs the win. He's really good and he's kind of underrated. Not many people... He's not... I think he, he gets a rep as not being a very exciting wrestler. He's, and a, so... he's a name to watch because he's doing stuff in Ring of Honor now as well. So he should yeah, be getting a lot more exposure by the end of the year. Yeah, and, and so he's he's going to get really big. And he is legitimately really good. And his wife's hot as hell. And he's a lovely guy. I haven't <laughs> met him at some of the progress shows. He's a really cool guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy as well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my that's my money in the bank match. I, I wouldn't have Ibushi and Takahashi if, if it was just a six, man. Yeah, I, I, went, I, I deliberately went for six because it was just easier, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I also went for six. Cool, um, so what have you got, Prod? I regret not putting David Starr in. I'll start off with that. So, speaking of Koto Ibushi, he's the first name I put down, uh, just because he's one of the best, and he needs a world title at some point, a proper world heavyweight championship, and I think he's very worthy of it. Second name I put down was his Wrestle Kingdom opponent, because these guys can do crazy shit together, and that's Will Ospreay. How could you not not have Will Ospreay in a ladder match? If anyone did this and not put Will Ospreay in their top two picks, they're a moron and should never watch independent wrestling. No, I'm joking. They should watch more independent wrestling, if anything. Third, I put Sammy Callahan. He's very good at violence. 
I, I thought you might pick him. <laughs> That's a good compliment. <laughs> no, no, he's he, he's incredibly sick in more ways than one. Um, yeah, I love Sabi Callahan. I uh, yeah, I, the words can't describe. I think he's really good at promos. I think he's really good at the it's hardcore sorts of matches. I think not to have him in there would be a waste. Uh, speaking of deathmatch specialists, Paul Robinson, you know, scary motherfucker. Also, the Will Ospreay connection, which I didn't click with originally. I don't know why, but the Will Ospreay connection as well. I think you know, playing off of that, I think Jason's suggestion. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that. And speaking of another Robinson, this guy's gonna go up in the world at some point. But Juice Robinson, up and comer in New Japan, US champ. Uh, is he a two-time US champ? I don't know, but he's one. Yeah I, so. yeah. yeah, I think he's really, really good. One of NXT's biggest wasted talents, along with Sammy Callahan, and another guy who's recently released from Impact and unemployed. But I think, I think he has huge star potential, and that's Eli Drake. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I thought about including Juice as well, you know, because he is yeah definitely really good. And out of the six. Just to annoy Jason because he doesn't like this guy too much. Sammy Callahan wins. <laughs> I thought I, I did, I'm just not a big fan of his style. I did enjoy him at Pancakes and Power Drivers. He was putting on a good show there. But yeah. I think you pick him and probably have him doing well. Yeah, I mean, Sammy Callahan doesn't need to do hardcore matches. He is pretty good outside of hardcore matches. You just don't get to see it very much. But when he's teaming the rest of the Chris Brothers and forming the rest of OVE, it's like a. It's like a sanity shield crossbreed that I really enjoy. So, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'd have any of those six men win. That's why I selected them. Uh, but, yeah. So we've I, each picked Will Ospreay and Paul Robinson as, like, key anchors yeah. to our matches, it looks yeah, like. You can have so many good spots where, like, Will Ospreay gets scared by Paul Robinson. Yeah. The, Will Ospreay has that kick, the, the Robinson special. There's, like, there's storylines there. Yeah, that's why... That's why I got Will Ospreay, Kota Bushi down, just because there's previous between those two as well. So I think that would be for a Twitter poll to see which one's better. Um, up next are NXT matches, and Sam, you can start first. Yeah, um, I don't watch NXT that much, so with that caveat in mind, here we go. For my, uh, I, I actually did book eight men, and I think I'm going to make this an eight-man match. So I would have first and foremost you... Adam Ooh. Adam Cole, because oh, he's okay. fucking great. He's really good at wrestling, and I've seen him in other ladder matches before. Wasn't he? He was in the North American Championship. He won match. it. Yeah, he won it. Yeah, and he was very good in that. Yeah. <clears throat> Second, I've met him, by the way, guys. I've met him. His yeah. eyes are really dreamy. <laughs> um, and then second, I'd have Velveteen Dream because I don't think you can really have a big match in NXT that's without that guy, unless he's in a bigger match somewhere else on the card. Uh, then third, Kushida. He's just great. Uh, Matt Riddle as well, because I like Matt Riddle a lot. Uh, then Keith Lee. Um, I don't think he's had a chance to do anything big, but his matches in PWG and Ring of Honor have shown he is the man of the hour. He is really good. Um, <clears throat> then I put in Roderick Strong as well, because Roderick Strong's great. Uh, coming down from the main roster, Tyler Breeze is, is mm. probably one of the most underrated wrestlers on the WWE roster at the moment. He's really, really, really good, especially in like multi-man crazy matches where he can show off his athleticism. And then last but not least, your boy and mine, Peter Dunn. I'd put in as like a guest from NXT UK because he's, he's done that before. And the American crowd like, like the bruiser weight a lot. So that would be my eight man. And then winning it, um, I'd pro- I would have put Velveteen Dream 
but obviously he's currently North American champion, so he doesn't need it. Don't think Adam Cole needs it either. So I'd probably give it to either Matt Riddle or Keith Lee. Probably Matt Riddle because he's a bit more established. Fair enough. So Matt Riddle. Yeah, I've, I've bumped into him in a bar too, haven't we, Jason? Well, he's followed me around New York, I think. You know, we was he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we saw him in Cats as well. <laughs> was he stoned by any chance? That's like his, uh, his gimmick, running into a really stoned Matt Riddle in bars and stuff. Don't, no, I was too stoned. drunk. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, Jason, do you want to go next? Cool. So, um, I think Sam was like picked eight there. I, I did notice with the NXT roster, when you take out some of the champions and things, it does limit your options. Really, the roster is not as big as like NXT UK in mm. terms of like people you'd think were credible. So, yeah, I've got my. I went for six men on my one. Um, so, I, of course, I had to start with Velveteen Dream. He has to be in this match. Um, you know, he's the first guy you, you announced for it. Um, I then had Matt Riddle as well, similar to Sam. Yeah. He's the kind of guy you want in this. Um, I then Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. So Ooh. I want to play in on that a little bit more. You know, that's something they're building at the moment. I think you definitely have Cole being announced first and then Roderick announced second for the match and build some tension there. And Does Roderick come up to his own theme music? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if his own theme music. Definitely separate entrances, but yeah, maybe his own theme music could be done mm. that way. Um, so that's my the obvious four. And then I thought, who else would I put in this? I'd, I'd enjoy seeing in this. So I went for Montez Ford from the Street Profits. I think he's an amazing talent. I'm not even sure how old he is, but you know, I've, I've been watching him for a, a little, about a year or so now in NXT, and I'm a big fan. And He's he's got that ick factor. He's got that charisma. I think he is so charismatic in real life as well. Yeah, he's just such a cool guy. So he's in there. Um, I nearly went for Keith Lee, but I realised I probably wanted more heels in this, and I still need a big boy. So um, Jackson Riker is my big boy, but it's a base for people to jump off of and into. <laughs> so <laughs> sort of Dream Riddle, Cole Strong, Ford, and Riker make my match up. Um, Based on Johnny being the champ, um, I'm going to make this interesting. I think Roderick Strong wins this match and plays into the Undisputed Era tension and potentially being Johnny for the belt. Ah, I like it. I like it a lot. So, I don't really have anything much to say apart from I, I like both your matches a lot and I would happily watch either one of them. So, mine is going to be a little different to your guys, I think. Although, I don't know. I don't know, actually. Not that different. So my first pick is one that you haven't mentioned, guys, and that's Donovan Dijakovic. Well, I thought he's like he's long-term injured. injured, so we weren't allowed him. Yeah. Well, he's injured. Yeah, he's, yeah, had, he's well, had knee surgery. Wikipedia says he's injured, and as we all both know, or all know, there's three of us, uh, nothing ever fake is on Wikipedia, and nobody no, they, edits it for a joke. Yeah, no. they, they, they dropped the um, feud with him and Dream for that reason. He's out, he's out for like several months at least. He's had proper knee surgery. Yeah, he's got a knee. Oh. We'll let you have it because you yeah. booked it in, but that's a definite red flag. Fuck, he was going to win. Oh, I'm actually Googling the news. Well, he can't, he can't climb the ladder, mate, so... Oh, God damn it. So, because Donovan Dijakovic is injured, I will come up with someone off the top of my head in a minute. Uh, because I'm having eight men, not seven men. And he was also booked to win, so I can't have that. So, uh, first person now, Keith Lee. He's coming out of injury. Screw it. He can move. He can move really well for a big man. Uh, I would like to see him in a match like this. Second match, Kushida. He's new. He's slick. 
He's fast and he's a cruiserweight and you need cruiserweights in this match. And mine doesn't have that many cruiserweights, I don't think. Third, I've had Matt Riddle, just because, bro. Fourth, I, I agree with you, Jason. I like this Jackson Riker guy a lot. He brings an intensity that this match needs um, and that Dijakovic doesn't provide uh, anymore. So, yeah, I'd bring Jackson Riker. I think he has massive potential in terms of character, and I like the way he just fucks shit up. Fifth, I'd have Montez Ford. Because I think, as Jason said, I've been watching him for a year. We've been watching him for a year or two now, and I think he has massive amounts of charisma. Seeing him at Access, you can tell he's just a charisma machine, and I think he's got a massive future ahead of him if used correctly wherever he goes. So it would be great to see him on this sort of opportunity. Then I'll have Tyler Breeze, because he's, he is definitely coming back down to NXT. Um I think he might be Dijakovic's replacement, which would explain some booking of the takeover. And Roderick Strong, just because I really want to play off that undisputed era tension a bit more between him and Adam Cole. So my, you're not putting Cole in the match. No, and I, and he's not going to be my eighth guy. He's not going to be my eighth guy. I'm struggling to think who my eighth guy would be. I don't know. Ah. Oh. Who could I put in, guys? Who I'm, could also, I put... I'm also letting you both have Keith Lee, who's not actually fit at the minute. I assume he's coming back from injury, but I'm letting that one slide. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't say anything on Wikipedia. He is and kind where I get of... all my information from, apparently. He is kind of injured. I... Hmm. You know, if you want, uh. you could dip into NXT UK, Brod. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to... He's pretty good. Injured. Nah, I, I like Eddie Dennis, but no. I'm going to call someone up from the new faction, Imperium. I'm going to call Alexander Wolf just because he, I remember his performance in the War Games match where he got busted open, uh, the first one with Sanity. And I really liked his performance in that match. And it would be great to see him or Killian Dane, who I think is also going back down to NXT UK. So one of those guys can be Dijakovic's replacement. Because Dijakovic was my original pick and I can't have him, I'm going to go with Roderick Strong for the same reasons as Jason. It's just smart booking having him play up that tension between him and Adam Cole and that undisputed era versus Johnny Gargano feud. I would really like to see that play off in that way if an NXT ladder match was to exist. So, yeah, I'm with Jason. Roderick Strong might be smart booking. Cool. Um, I'm just sort of looking at that. I think no, I don't think there's anything too surprising. I like the idea of Wolf, actually. That would be a good surprise, like mystery last entrance. Yeah, I was originally thinking Volta, but... He's a UK champion. And I just don't want any champions. This is why I don't have Velveteen yeah. Dream in this match. And originally I was going to book women, but I was just like, outside of Shayna and EO, who could I book? And there's a lot of people that need to be developed properly, in my opinion. And I'd probably book it that around Candice. So, yeah, I was struggling, to be honest. with yeah. uh, the. I was struggling more with the NXT one, the indie one, surprisingly. See, I, I thought about Volta for either of my matches, but I don't know why. I've got this idea in my head that he's not going to be that great in multi-mans. I don't think it's the best way to use him. He's mm. best as being like a big, you know, mountain for your your top babyface to conquer or whatever. All, I, all I'm saying is I want Volta versus Dijakovic at some point. That is a heavyweight match I want to see. I, I, I'm a Vince McMahon when it comes to heavyweights. I just love heavyweights. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. I I gotta say though, I think Jason's is probably. I like both your 
matches a lot, but I'd probably go for Jason's just because the Roderick Strong thing. I like the way that's booked. Yeah. So yeah, I'd probably pick that one out of the two. Um, yeah, I think I'm Yeah. I think you tried to do more storylines than me, uh, and so yeah, I'd, I'd probably go for yours as well, Jason. Mm. That's why they come with JC Cornet. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> anyway, I, don't really, I don't really have anything. Yeah, you know, my fantasy booking has gone down the pan recently. I, although I did give myself WWE versus Impact and I gave Jason WWE versus AEW. Of course, who's going to win that? Yeah, Jason. I mean, that one wasn't really a competition, was it? Yeah. We're going to have a proper fantasy booking competition soon. Outside of this, we're going to have a proper fantasy booking competition soon. After the month of pay-per-views are over with. So, anyway, that great stuff in the fantasy book and great stuff in the predictions guys uh that wraps it up for this week and thank you for joining me uh jason and sam and also more importantly thank you for listening to us loyal listener and join us next week where we'll be reviewing wwe money in the bank 2019 as well as providing some thoughts on aew's double or nothing and possibly doing some more on top but in the meantime remember to subscribe to us on all good post podcast Podcast, bro. I know, I know. I'm so good at these, but it's like the radio, but on the internet, you know. (laughs) Take it from the top. But in the meantime, remember to subscribe to us on all good podcast outlets. Drop us a five-star review where possible, and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoot Pod. And that is the bottom line, as this pod. Said so.